Welcome to She Loves the Grid, where we discuss all things F1. Whether it's happening on the track, in the paddock, or beyond the grid, we'll talk about it all. And here we go for our summer, first summer, I guess first summer version of She Loves the Grid. Uh, so how are you doing? Hi, Diane. I'm Claire. Here we go. Here we go. I can't believe waking up this morning, there was no race. I thought about that yesterday. Like, I know. I was like, am I forgetting something? No. But then then as I was like scooting down my hall going, oh, it's the summer. And we're thinking of the name of the episode. I was like singing uh, Will Smith's summertime kind of thing. Summer, summertime. I'm like, but it's freezing, freezing here for me. So it doesn't feel like summer. Oh, no. Well, I, I'm in a long sleeve shirt and I took off my coat my, that I'm wearing indoors because I'm so cold. Because oh you know, they turned because they turned the heaters off, the oil, you know, the heating to preserve oh, yeah. the energy and all that citywide. Yeah. So you can't really use your heaters during the day. And um yeah, it's uh it it's cold. I will do the math because it'll just make it uh easier, but it is one eight. It's 64 and a half degrees right wow. now. Oh my goodness. Evening. Yikes. <laughs> yeah, it's cold. Yeah. For that me, that's cold. cold. Anyway, Definitely. how was your week? It was good. It was actually good. Um, I don't know. Lots of exercising, I suppose. <laughs> it was National Oyster yesterday, Oyster Day yesterday here. Maybe all over the world. I don't know. And my brother owns a seafood restaurant, so met my sister-in-law and my niece and nephew, and went and had some oysters. <laughs> yeah, that was kind Anybody of. Anybody who watches from the Phoenix area is amazing restaurant. Just yes. high, high tide seafood bar and grill. It's amazing. It's always packed. I think by the time we got there at four, they had already. I think just that location, because they were doing it all, at all three of their restaurants, had done more than had sold more than eight hundred oysters, um, and that was four o'clock. And it it gets busy after that. So <laughs> I know they had reservations, and then they had openings after eight p.m. So it, yeah, crazy. So if you're there, go go check it out. Um, went for a walk one morning and turned a corner and kind of ran right into a coyote. So that was. The joys of, you know, going for morning walks in the desert. <laughs> He's a young little guy, but I uh, ended up turning around. They're they're not usually they're not aggressive. They're very skittish, and so I think we kind of surprised each other. But he kind of turned around, and then you could tell he wanted to go the direction where I was kind of coming from, so he could get back probably out to the desert. So I just turned around and went the other way, so he could do his thing and move on. You could tell he was just kind of like, okay, I don't want to go that way. I want to go that way, but I don't want to pass her. So <laughs> They're surprisingly so, very big. <laughs> when you finally see them, they're surprisingly tall, you know, coyotes. Oh yeah, they can be. There's, they always look skinny and yeah, like I just thought, cause so many people walk their dogs early in the morning here because it's so hot. You cannot walk your dogs on the pavement probably after like 9 a.m. Um, and so initially I just thought, oh, somebody's dog got <laughs> off. The and it, it, I mean, it, it, it takes like a split second, but it, that was my initial thought is you see this movement 
and it's like, oh, somebody's dog. And then, nope, not a dog. And then y'all just missed it, but I just tell Claire, I had like 30 or 40 quail just go across my front window here, <laughs> all heading one direction. So yes, the joys of desert living. What about you? How was your week? Well, it's good. Very busy as always. Um, discovered that uh, I have some flexibility in exploring and maybe moving to another area of Germany or south of Berlin or something. So I'm excited by that. Because, of course, we first moved here because it's very English speaking. But as I'm learning German, um, it expands my horizons and, and places to live. Because I'm living in a furnished apartment because I didn't want to move all my stuff here. But now that we're here, you know. Bed's not super comfy, and I would like to get a more comfortable bed, and then I can get into a more cost-effective apartment. So we're starting to do that look. That's you know. exciting. So I'm excited. So That's excited very about exciting. that. You know. And freezing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I'm trying to empathize with that. I wish I wish it was colder here. I, can't I, but I did practice my German now twice. Um, when the the place that I go to for brunch for Uf, that you've been to, and then. Um, I met a colleague who was here from Great Britain for lunch and one of my other colleagues and a, a lady and her husband, older couple, stopped to talk to my dog because, you yeah. know, my dog is so cute. And they started asking me questions about her in German. And I did not ask them to speak to me in English. I just spoke to them in German. I was quite proud of myself. So That's amazing. It's paying off. It's paying off just in two <laughs> weeks. So not going to try it yet here because I'm not that fluent, but. I can talk about my dog. There you go. All right, <laughs> going. It's going to be a fun one. We've got, like you said, some recaps, a little bit of stuff going on now, and then we go into some nostalgia. So it's yeah. it's been it's been a, a fun twelve hours or so. Though I wasn't feeling well last night, so I didn't do as much. I started, you know, kind of. We'll talk about watching, rewatching the Netflix show just to see what it looked like now that I know more. So that's been yes. kind of. I think that was a good idea. Okay, so this week, there's a lot of rumors going around. Um, and, you know, it seems like this year, the rumors are all pretty much coming true. So some credible sources, uh, a lot of F1 writers, um, journalists are mentioning these things. So we're going to throw it out there. So for Alpine, we mentioned this last week, the rumor was going around that former uh, Ferrari principal, Mattia Bonotto, was on the shortlist to replace um, Omar at Alpine as their new principal. And supposedly they've reached an agreement and he is going to join the team just before the Italian Grand Prix. So he won't be at the, the race at the end of this month, but supposedly will join the team um, just before the Italian Grand Prix. I don't, I mean, I guess they'll go principal lists for <laughs> until then. I don't know how that works. They'll just have the the other guys on the pit wall and probably this, well, I don't know if they replaced the sporting director because they got rid of him too. Um, so anyways, I don't know. Mattia could be back. I, I think a lot of people seeing what Ferrari is doing this year is kind of like, mm, maybe Mattia wasn't the problem. So <laughs> it, <laughs> it fired him. So he might be back on the grid. Um, another rumor going around, uh, there are, Checo supposedly has a clause in his contract that if he has a 125-point deficit to max in the championship um, standing, that that could kick in a salary reduction um, in his contract. And right now he is at 125 points. So 
I don't know if we'll ever hear the truth to that. I'm sure Checo's not going to come out and say it. Red Bull's not going to come out and say it, but that could be kind of interesting. Um, that came wonder, from a uh, journalist. You wonder, journalist. You wonder something like that. Like if it's true, who knows? And then opens their big mouth because like I have confidentiality clauses and in, in, in my work contract yeah. and like who opened their big mouth and then let that loose. Like, yeah. it's just, cause yeah. I mean, granted, I, everybody says, I should say everybody, that's, that's, I hate when people do that. So anyway, a lot of people have to sign confidentiality clauses. Yes. A lot of people I'm sure with their spouse or their partner will loose lip things, but who opened their mouth to whom and it got out. Like, this I'm going to give you one guess. It's Red Bull. I'm going to give you one guess who opened their mouth and shared that with somebody. <laughs> Chatty Cappy, <laughs> aka Helmet Marco. He you, you, it, all the just, is it just a piss off Checo? Now that I'm rewatching some of that that show, I, I have I have some thought different thoughts on Checo. Anyway, so is it you think it's just a piss him off? So he'll I, like want to leave. I don't know if it's to piss him off. I just think that Helmet Marco can't keep his mouth shut and. He is out there talking to every podcast and publication that he can, and he probably let it slip to somebody. This is the deal. Maybe he just DGAF. Yeah, I I think so. I mean, I think it goes back to what we said earlier. He's 80-something years old. He's either senile or they're sending him out there to, to spread this kind of information to maybe make, you know, Checo not look so good or to get info out there. I mean, that's, I'm just saying. Yeah, <laughs> I'm just saying. But speaking of that little chatty Kathy, aka Helmet Marco, um, <laughs> after the Austrian Grand Prix, I talked about how he was on a, I think it was a podcast at that time, and he talked about there would be a name change for AlphaTauri next year, and that they were going to follow the Red Bull um, car design as much as regulations would allow. So. This week, a couple things came out. Supposedly, Helmet Marco, uh, Helmet Marco, oh my gosh, <laughs> Hugo Boss is going to have the sponsorship, you know, slash naming rights for the car next year. So they could, it's obviously no longer going to be Alphatari. It could be Hugo Boss is the name of the team, which to me, I think is kind of funny because clothing designer and back in the day, they used to have the Benetton team, which if you grew up in the 80s, you always wanted to shop at Benetton. Like that was like the coolest, most, you know, awesome place ever. So I think it's kind of funny that that could be coming back. Somebody said a reported name is um, Hugo Boss Bulls Racing. <laughs> like, <laughs> I knew that was Why did I put water in my mouth? Because I almost choked on it. So they're supposedly going to tell us in September. So we only have, you know, hopefully a month to, to wait till we find out what the name's going to be. But we'll keep you posted on that. But what I think is kind of interesting is that Hugo Boss, I swear, they just signed Fernando Alonso. Um, and they sponsored them. In fact, when I've done um, surveys, when I've entered win things at Aston Martin, they ask you if, if you recognize Hugo Boss as one of the sponsors because of Alonso. Yeah. Yeah. So it's kind of interesting that, you know, like, uh, I don't remember what his his uh, his contract is, if he goes through next year, or if he's done this year and they can pick him up again. I don't remember, but 
I mean, we can start some conspiracy theories with that uh, if we want to. But the other rumor with this is that they're saying that Alpha Tauri is going to run the RB19 next year. So basically, I don't know how the rules work. In the past, they used to take old Red Bull parts and use them in their design for the Alpha Tauri. But it sounds like their plan is to just take the RB19 from this year and and Adrian Newey will do whatever he does for, I'm assuming, what will be called the RB20. And they will take it and send it to Alpha Tauri. And then all the races are going to be one, two, three, four, Red Bull and Alpha Tauri. Okay. Can't now, imagine. If they do that, if they do that, if they move the RB19 down to whatever the Alpha Tauri team is going to be, that will be interesting, especially if Danny Rick stays with them and then whomever else is there, because that'll be the what I've said this year, if you put a different driver in that car, right. a yeah. capable driver, what would you get? Because yeah. that's part of the problem. It's part of the problem is Max, granted, is a good driver and one of the best. I, I can't say he's the best. He is the best, the best driver in, one of, in the best car. Yeah. But that's the beauty of one. Of one. It's the strategy. It's the car. Yeah. And the driver. It's the yeah. combination. And so if you put Max in the Alphatari, he would not win like he wins right now. He would win a lot. He would win a lot more than Yuki. He would win a lot more than some of the other drivers, granted, because he does know how to push a car. Yeah. However, he would not win 12 races in, you know, out of 13, he, or however, like how many races he's won recently. But he would not win at the rate that he's been winning in a Williams and an Aston Martin and in some of the other cars, you, yeah. you know what I'm saying? Like he, yeah. when he win better uh, at a better rate than the drivers of those cars. Yes. Yeah. Would he win at his current rate? No. Cause the <laughs> Red Bull car has something yeah. to do with it. But you're right. Right. I'm going to be that person in that meme that's sitting in front of the, the, the fold up table and have that on there. Like, but I think you're right. Like it could be interesting if, well, one, well, let me finish that thought. I, you're hundred percent right. It could be very interesting if they take that car and they have Yuki or Danny Rick or whoever, um, in that car, will, would it be one, two, three, four? My thing is like, I don't know the rules enough and I feel like the rules change, but could you just, because it's last year's car, just hand it on over it does do the regulations not apply if it's an that was last year's design so mm. that's something definitely look to look into but you know i i kind of feel like red bull is the is that that team that person that's like they're gonna look for the loophole and then they're gonna they're and gonna do, the they do how much how much is alfatari spending because of the cost cap on the car well, I mean, if they are basically given a car, they've, mm. I mean, maybe they broke the cost cap. We don't know. We won't know that probably till the middle of 2024. But, <laughs> and I think if, it, if they just stay with penalty or monetary penalties for going over the cost cap, then I'm sure Alpha Tauri or Hugo Boss or whoever wants to throw in the money would be like, well, we'll just pay the fine. It's fine. We'll deal with it when, when it comes to it. So, yeah. Could be very okay. interesting. And they could jump from like here in the constructors to like here in the constructors. Like that would be the craziest part. Um, 
Okay, so those were the main rumors. Um, summer break, just wanted to share because I know there might be a lot of people that uh, this might be their first full season, you know, really getting into F1. So during summer break, they always have this um, time period. The teams are required to take two full weeks off. So I think a lot of teams, what they did coming back is they worked last week. So um, unloading the trucks, making sure everything is good to go. So when you come back from the break, you have everything that you need, right? So I think that's what they did last week. Then they all take two weeks off. You can have no development of the car. So there's no working on it, no wind tunnel testing, no looking at data. They can't, um, they fully shut down their buildings. They can't even look at their emails. It is a full two weeks shut down. It's really just a time to relax. So everybody's on the same page and you don't have some people relaxing and some people working on their cars. It's just a nothing. You love it. Yeah. That's like the European culture, man. You love it. Because there's, there are some laws, you know, there's work labor laws and whatnot in various countries over here. And there's some that you can't answer emails after certain hours. You're not supposed to work certain hours. And I just, I love that. Take a break, take time, spend with your family, disconnect. Yeah. No. In yeah. part's fair for the teams too, but I, I do like that um, showing that relaxation and connection time with your family is so important. Yes. You know, exactly. Um, it's important, I think especially, yeah. especially for the drivers and the teams because they're going, going, going. I mean, some of the road. I mean, these, three, even the pit crews, everybody, they're on the road for all so long. Their families yeah. and everything. I love it. Yeah, you've got social media teams that travel with them, hospitality, the pit crews, you know, I mean, all of it. And they are going nonstop. So I'm sure they just treasure this this time at home. Absolutely. I would. <laughs> I would totally. Um, I wanted to just kind of share some of the records or accomplishments. This isn't all of them. I got tired and I had to get ready for dinner um, yesterday. So don't at me if I'm missing something. These were just some of the things. Um, Max Red Bull, obviously, they are breaking records all over the place this season. And I would think that it's probably going to continue through the second half of the season. Um, but some kind of new ones that have come up since the last race. Max and Michael Schumacher are the only two drivers in F1 history who have won at least 10 of the first 12 races of a season. So ridiculous um max is now fourth in the longest podium streak he's got 13 he's two behind fernando who has 15 lewis has 16 and he's six behind michael schumacher so he has 19 when you think about how many races are left this season i think max is going to be at the top of this podium streak by the end of the season because unless he he dnfs even then he might still, how many races do we have left? 10, 10, we have, we're 13 and there's 23. So yeah, 10, 10 oh, more. No, we're, there, we're 14 technically because the Molo was canceled. So there's nine. Oh, right. Nine more. Okay. So then, yeah, he could totally do it even if he had a DNF. Yeah. Which is pretty crazy. Like in one season, he could obliterate, <laughs> he could jump from now being the fourth to, you know, to deleting that. Staff. Like, can I get Nick Rosberg to take a picture for other guys? <laughs> they need to. Somebody had a meme about that. Like Checo should be paying Nico to to take pictures in front of Max's garage. 
Um, Red Bull have won all of the 12 races. Like you said, there we should have had 13, but Imola was canceled. So they won all 12 races so far this season. That's an F1 record. Fernando had his 100th podium. That was drama because remember on his 100th, they, they gave him the trophy. They took the trophy away. Then they gave it back. So no. there was a little drama there. And still we have Fernando, Lewis, and Max, the only drivers to score points in every race this season. So I'd like to see that continue. That's amazing. But I want to know, with this being your first full year watching F1, we're halfway through through the season, like, what'd you learn? What do you think? Let's, let's do some, some people who are online, let's do some slides now. It's time for Yay, some slides. slides. This would be a good episode to, to watch us on YouTube because we are switching to some slides where you're going to see a lot of stuff. So, yes. Okay, go for it. Some fun stuff. So first, my fun little word cloud. I learned a lot of nomenclature, a lot about the technology. There's a bunch in the word cloud. This isn't all of them, just people and names, you know. <laughs> and I listed a bunch of our, our things like box, chicane. I'm just got a handful of here in, in, in alphabetical order. Clean air versus dirty air, the cockpit, which, of course, I, I, and I listed that one simply because I went to an aeronautical school to start with, so it was interesting kind of reframing yeah. that and yeah. the fact that the, how the driver sits in the car, you know, mm -hmm. I, I thought that was fascinating. Yeah. Um, downforce, DRS, that was my, one of my first questions to you, if you remember yeah. that. I do. Damn, what is DRS? Yeah. Um, you know, park farming, uh, sector, side pod. Did you know? And I only learned this today because I was researching some stuff because I was like, you know what? What is so important about the sci-fi? Did you know that's where the radiators are? I don't think I did know that's where the radiators are. Yeah. Well, where, did, where did Mercedes put theirs when they had no sci-fi? I don't know. But that, there's, <laughs> there are radiators in the sci um, was I thought it was more about the aerodynamics of it all. Yeah, they, they have radiators in the sci-fis. Um, yeah, it's according to the F1 site. Uh, stewards. I have a lot of thoughts about stewards. <laughs> we all do. <laughs> Welcome to us. Um, a lot of things about the uh, tires, you know, the compounds. I got a slide. I'll go to that in just a second. And and the aggregation of the tires. I am fascinated lately about just all those pictures. In fact, I've gone back, like I mentioned, kind of at the beginning here and started rewatching the F1 series that's on Netflix mm -hmm. simply because the first time I watched it, I watched it with no knowledge of F1 other than my misconceptions because I grew up in NASCAR country. Yeah. And did not like it because it just was not challenging of my brain enough. It was not to, I don't want to get people that bad at me because they like F1, but I, mean, I like NASCAR, but I just got bored of it going around in a circle and yeah. it just yeah. wasn't enough for me. Yeah. And I really like the strategy and the technology and like we were saying earlier, it's the driver and the car and the yeah. strategy. And there's just so much to it. And it's not the same car, you know, like you right. said, cities didn't have side pods and then they have different side pods and the floor. And it's just like, all of that is so exciting. I should have included floor. Like, yeah. how did you <laughs> the floor is important. Um, yeah. The FIM, lack of consistency of rule application. And <laughs> <laughs> itself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So my That's little world cloud here, I had fun turning that into an F1 car. So I love yeah. it. Thank I you. love it. FIA, I love that that is kind of big. I'm just looking like Verstappen, Pole, 
Alonzo had to be there. Blue is for the blue flag because we haven't, oh, we haven't got bacteria yet, but you know, blue flag. Yeah. Um, DRS is in there. I don't know why it made it lowercase. Qualifying. Um, I like that. Yeah. Grand Prix. Grip. We talk about Charlotte grip. You have to grip. Yep. Yeah. That's awesome. It, it separated the words out, this word cloud generator, instead of keeping them together, like understeer, oversteer is in there. Oh, make yeah. sure Ferrari is in there for you. Bottoming. That's a good yeah. one. Yeah. yeah. Overtake. Yeah. That's awesome. I love that. And if you're not on and you're not going to go watch it on the YouTube, it's in the shape of an F1 car. So that makes it even more cool. <laughs> the word cloud. I have fun with that. Yeah. The word cloud is. All right. So one thing we talked a lot about was the tire compounds. And, and I think that's something that's really important, you know, and, and, you know, they introduced a new compound this year. And we, we talked a lot about the slicks and, and going from hard to soft and it going from, because I said it wrong in the episode, we talked about it, but I'm going to say it now from white, yellow to red. Yeah. Um, and then we talked a lot in that episode about intermediates and full wets, but it's only just recently that they used both in that the the weekend, which was really cool to see. Um, and and I didn't realize how much it had changed. Now I've got to go back and research it because I swear in 2018 they had like a pink on the on the tires. So I've got to go back and look at that. And I don't I don't know what that is because I was watching the this series. So I'm gonna go back and look. But oh okay. Degradation is so fascinating because, right? You know, looking at some of those tires recently on the picture, and and I want to research and try to learn why some tires and drivers have so worse of a time than others. Why is it that others? I mean, they're on the same track, they're driving the same pattern. Like, why is it some just tear up their tires so much more quickly? Is it literally because of the car, or even? A Checo versus a Max in mm -hmm. the car. You know, what is it that's doing it and how is it that they can learn and do better? So, yeah, I think I a lot know. of it with Max is he's always in the lead and he's comfortably in the lead. So he's not using up more of his tire fighting with somebody for a position, you know? Yeah. And so I think for him, that's a huge part of it for sure. Everybody else is, you know, in battles in the back. <laughs> eating up their tires and he's just sailing along. So yeah, I kind of think that that's a big part of it for Max, but yeah, that that's makes sense. Nice, uneducated okay. non-tire. <laughs> I don't work for Pirelli, but <laughs> that's Do you know, before we get into the next thing, one of the first tires that I splurged on for a car were Pirelli's. Oh, no way. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I think I have a picture with one of the Pirelli. I don't know what it would be like drivers or I mean, he was a driver at the time. I was a grid girl one time in San Diego and I think it was them, uh, him. I'd have to, I'll have to look for that and see. Well, my, my grandfather was a mechanic and, and I remember telling me how good Pirelli tires were. And, and when I could get good tires for my car growing up as a, as a young adult, I remember buying Pirelli tires. Oh, that's yeah. awesome. Were they good? Yeah. Did they last? Yeah. They oh, yeah. <laughs> they, they lasted. They lasted a good, they, they did last a, a good, a good time. So I've, I've had Pirelli tires on my car before. That's awesome. I love it. But I'll ever own a car again because I live in Europe, but anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but back in the day. Um, well, all right. Speaking of back, looking back. Yes. I did. Um, 
on my walks, I listened to our first two episodes. So it was kind of funny to go back and listen to those. So the first one we did, we talked about like testing and what was happening during testing. And then after the first uh, race of the season, and it was so interesting. Um, I don't know, just kind of like what our predictions were, what people were talking about at the time <clears throat> and to see where we're at now. So the team, um, based on testing, I had said that Red Bull and Ferrari were looking the best in testing and that Red Bull was looking so good. It was scary. And like, they were going to dominate <laughs> this season. You're right. I was spot on. And I think a lot of that was, you know, people were saying like when Max was getting out of the car, like he didn't have a lot of feedback and he just looked, you know, happy. And sure enough, man, that car has been craziness. Um, I did say that Aston Martin and Haas both looked, both looked really good. Aston Martin, we know came out strong at the beginning of the season. So they continued. And I specifically called out Nico and his times. And I feel like that's something else that has been fairly consistent throughout the season is his one lap speed, how he's able to get that Haas, like, you know, up in, into the different qualifying, um, sessions. So I thought that was pretty funny. Um, and then I also said that Mercedes that like they would be able to hold their own, but they weren't going to be a top two team. And guess who's in second place right now in the constructors? <laughs> it's Mercedes. <laughs> so I was completely off on that one. <laughs> and Ferrari. I was also kind of off on Ferrari, but we are not, Ferrari is not looking good, but yeah, craziness. Um, we also talked about drivers in those. Yep. Um, and so I think you might have little slides, but yeah. So Fernando hype train beginning of the season. And even during testing, I mean, the whole world was on the Fernando hype train. Crazy. Absolutely. And, and again, going back and looking, watching some of the, the, the old Netflix series, you know, 2018, he retired <laughs> at the end of that. Yeah. Or from that one. And I was like, wow, it's really interesting. And I haven't caught back when he came back. Did he come back this year or did he come back last year? No. Got a little year. bit when he came back because that's where he changed seasons, seeing yeah. his teams and, and whatnot. But it's it's interesting. And I don't know. I, I, I think of him right now. I think, you know, he's been really consistent. He's been supportive. But it's a combination of Aston Martin starting out really strong. They made changes. I'm like, oh, that car's doing really good. They're going to be really impressed with whatever they did. And they've acknowledged it. They've acknowledged that whatever they did, they screwed up something. They think they know what they did and they're going to correct it. Okay. If that's the case. If I looked at like a, a again, people are watching, you can see my hands. If I look at the diagram, like you're doing good. You made some changes. You it went down and now maybe we're going to go back up. Fernando, I feel like he's been holding back. I feel like he's doing the kind of the team player. He's supporting Lance and, and whatnot. Canada, to me, other than his claim, we're going to always be on podium. Canada was the first time I heard him actually be like, guys, I want to win. I can win this. Guys, you're holding me back. And every time out, it's been like, oh, I'm just going to watch the race on the TV as it goes by. I'm just going to. Da da da, and I'm just I'm just here chilling out, man. I'm getting my paycheck, and I'm just doing oh. my thing. Like I just don't, I don't see the intensity, the urgency yeah. to get up there, and and maybe that's where he's at. But I just don't. 
see the drive to win so much. Yeah. I th- I don't know. Cause I do think like they're all super competitive and I do think he is as well, but I think he's kind of, and th- maybe this comes with age or something, but I feel like, you know, he's, he's going with it. Like not that he's not trying. What's that? I just don't see it in the driving. I mean, like it's maybe it's because of the car, but if I look at I the times and when he's been passed or not passing or the times that he's been second behind Max, it's been like consistent slipping of time. And I get the RB versus the, the Aston Martin, but I just, I don't, we don't get to hear the radio. I'm going to start listening to the live radio the whole time yeah. during the race and see, you know, yeah, I just, and hype train, a lot of hype. Let's just see if maybe they cut off the rails and it'll yes no totally your favorite driver i think maybe they just made like a stop at the station you know <laughs> and i think when that happened when they started to kind of like go backwards there was a lot of talk about like oh you know the fernando hype train is is gone but then they kind of stopped talking about them you don't like you said you don't really hear their radio often anymore whereas at the beginning of the season, I think they were playing it more and more. There was just a lot going on with Aston Martin. I think he still really wants to win. I think he's still having a great season. Um, he's adorable, by the way. He is so adorable. He's just funny. Like, he's funny. I sent you that that quote where somebody asked yeah. him what he was going to do if he wasn't a driver or when he retires. And he's like, I'm going to be a journalist. Seems the easiest. <laughs> I was like, He's so funny. He's like the same size as my partner too. Little, little Hispanic guys. I just, <laughs> I guess I have a thing for him. He's adorable. I, mean, I think you do. I think my little uh, pseudo niece and I have a lot in common. I think <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. Right, no, then we go to Yuki, your little global treasure. Oh, my global treasure. So <laughs> when I was going back and listening to the stuff, I had said it in I think both episodes that you know yuki this was a year he was going to have to prove himself and again there was a lot of hype with nick coming in and excuse me nick saying he was going to kind of be the leader of the team and you know that kind of stuff and and yuki they gave him that extra year they could see some growth and so they gave him that extra year and it was like he has to prove himself this year he has to he has to step it up and i think that's exactly what he has done I loved going back and hearing like it's kind of an all or nothing and then seeing what Yuki's done this year, not only on the track, because we know the Alpha Tower is not great. He's gotten points. He's just many races, even 11th place, just outside the points. He's trying as hard as he can. He outperformed Daniel at the last um, race. And mm-hmm. off the track, it's the same thing. Like to see him step in in Imola and and out there like shoveling mud and helping, you know, the local yes. residents and all of that stuff. Like he is, he is growing as he should at his, you know his age into a great driver and a you know a very wonderful person. Like, and you talk about even Fernando being like so cute. Yuki's the same way. Like, there's all yes. these little videos where. You know, I think um, Nick had asked him, like, what do you, what's on your bucket list or something? And he's like, I want to eat, um, I can't remember what, it, white rice. And he was like, white rice is on your bucket list? He's like, if that's my last meal, I want white, white rice. And he's always talking about food. And, you know, he said, 
I think Nick asked him, what's one thing you can't live without? And he said, love. And it's just like, how can we not love this guy? I, I just think it's amazing. I can't wait to see what he does the rest of the season. Um, there will be a lot of comparisons between him and Daniel because obviously Daniel is a much bigger name. People love him. I think people want to see him doing well um, on his comeback, you know, into F1. So I think there is still going to be some pressure on Yuki, but I hope he just goes out there and keeps proving that he is the global treasure that I know he is. That's all. I'm going to send that PR team. <laughs> I love me some Yuki. Um, so other things we had talked about in those first episodes were pairings. So like which pairings were we most excited to see? Um, I think we... I don't think you had a lot of knowledge at that time of the supposed feud between Pierre and Esteban. Um, mm -hmm. And there was a lot of talk about, are they going to get along? It, Esteban is kind of known for, you know, sparring on track with his uh, teammates. And I think this oh. year. And boy, did I see that now that I'm rewatching the things. Holy cow. Yeah. You're seeing him fighting with um, Alonzo and, and, Last year, oh my gosh, it was stressful watching them sometimes. And I think Esteban will dig into his heels and be like, no, I'm right. The wrecks between he and Checo in 2018. Oh, I need to go back and watch that one. Oh my gosh, like wrecks. Like just like literally taking each other out in cars when they were in Force India. It was like, yeah. holy cow. Yeah. So there, there was a lot of that. And then their history, you know, we all talked about it. Like they were friends when they were little and then something happened and, you know, now they're enemies, but it seems to be fine. I mean, they've had instances where they bump, you know, run into each other. This, uh, was it the last race? No, the race before that. Um, and then in Australia, but those were usually chains, chain reactions, right? Like somebody ran into one of them and then they both went out. So I think like this season, there hasn't been the drama that people were expecting at all with these two. And I do think that they support each other. Like, you know, Pierre, even though the, the photos when, when Esteban was on the podium in Monaco, Pierre didn't look too happy, but when, um, when Pierre was on the podium for the um, sprint race, Esteban, you know, said in his thing, like, congrats to Pierre. So I don't think that that drama turned out like everybody was expecting it to. Um, and then Fernando and Lance, for me, I thought that was going to be interesting because we could see Fernando was performing really well in testing. He's a world champion. Um, and I thought that it might really shine a light on the fact that maybe Lance shouldn't be an F1. I thought it, it could make Lance look like not a great driver and the opposite has totally happened, you know, and I think a lot of it has to do with the car. You know, he's got a, he's got a good car, but I think that Fernando is helping Lance. I think yeah. Lance is learning a lot. Um, and Lance really showed himself too, after like breaking his wrist and coming in and really proving himself in that first race. So hundred percent. You know, he's, I think he's coming out and showing that Papa Stroll isn't the Why that might have some, play into why he's driving he it's not the sole reason why right. he's a driver right you know a hundred percent agree i i think that they just seem to bring out the best in each other and one thing that mike crack said is that you know as they were trying to figure out what was wrong with their car he said you know these these two drivers 
they give us so much good information and they're usually on the same page, like they've aligned with each other. So they're having talks talking about, you know, what are you experiencing? What, I, what am I experiencing? Here's where we think the problem is. And they bring that to the meetings. And so that is also helping the team because these two drivers are working together to, to make the car better. So yep. I love this driver pairing. I, I think it's awesome. I think Absolutely. it's great. Um, what else? The rookies. Oh my gosh. The rookie I was most excited to watch was Nick DeVries. Watching his, his, um, body during parts of the season. (laughs) I was just saying, all I was saying, like, let's not get it twisted. All I was saying is like, you look at him and he looks like this skinny little, and then you, you see like, the muscle definition is ridiculous on that guy. So that's all I was saying on that. But he was based on what happened with Williams. That's who I was most excited to watch. After the very first race on the podcast, I said I was so disappointed. Very disappointed. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. And then I think um, my second one that I was excited to watch was Oscar just because of his pedigree. But for yeah, you, it was interesting to see Nick too because I, I know I was excited, but I was really, I, I mean, I, I can't, I, you, you just watched it, but like in hindsight, I could, this, for him to say what he said, that's yeah. kind of a like set him up for, well, let's see it. Like, come on, yeah. baby, let's show me, you know, kind of thing. And yeah, right now I'm definitely all over Oscar. He, he's exciting me. Uh, <laughs> that's what she said. <laughs> What did I say the first two episodes? Because I haven't gone back to one. No, I'm just saying, you just said you're all over Oscar. He's exciting. <laughs> he's a child. Stop it. He's, he's legal. Um, anyway. <laughs> I have to mark this for an adult content. No, no, they're not going to get it. Okay. Anyways. Um, oh, I'm, I can't start laughing. I'm going to lose it. For sure, I'm with you on that. Oscar has the by far the best rookie the first half of the season. And we're only down to two. So now it's down to to Logan and, and Oscar. But yeah, by like, I don't think I can far. take my McLaren Lego car apart now because I'm becoming a McLaren. You know, like no, this if is, you take that apart, you're gonna jinx the team. I don't wonder, do it. I wonder I, like did they start going better as soon as I put the car together? I'm thinking. I'm thinking they, yeah, it was right about that time. I mean, they, I think you had it together just as they were finishing their upgrades and bringing them. So you better not touch the car because those McLaren fans and those Lando Norris girlies (laughs) will come at you so hard. (laughs) Don't you do it. Don't you do it. But I think the biggest thing is I, I know you've said this before, but I do think that Oscar could be one of the next greats just watching him off the start when he's been at the top watching him get in there um the calmness that he exudes when he is you know racing before during after there is this steady thing for him and i i agree i think he is going to be he's going to be a driver mclaren is a hole between oscar and lando They've got two, two, when we'll get to the other, yeah, they've, they've got some, I'm, I'm impressed. Yeah. 
Very, very much so. Now you've got some race stats for us, right? Yeah. Which I got some about. Stats. Okay. Yeah. All right. Here's some interesting stats. So first off, the first race this season that had all drivers to finish was Miami that had no DNS. That's amazing. And what was that? Our fourth or fifth race? Fourth race? That was, uh, let me go look. We had uh, Bahrain, Saudi, Australia, uh, Azerbaijan, Miami, the fifth race. Okay. So the fifth race. Wow. You, we had to do five races before DNF, a uh, no DNF. Oh my gosh. Yeah, isn't that crazy? Yeah. Um, that and then the race with the most DNFs was Australia, 40%, eight drivers did not finish. Eight, yeah. that's 40%. However, that is not the race that had the most DNFs in uh, um, F1, uh, F1. Um, at the most one was uh, most retirements was 25 out of 33 starters in the 1951 Indianapolis. 500. Oh my gosh. Now that's the Indianapolis 500. So that's, you oh, know, that's not a but the most it's retirement crazy. percentage was the 1996 Monaco Grand Prix. 18 <laughs> out of 21 starters retired. Um, that's 85%, 85.7%. Oh, I kind of want to watch that. I know. 1996 Monaco Grand Prix. So oh mark that down. Go back and watch that. So I'm going to go watch that. That sounds interesting. So you get podium by default. It's like the speed skating in the Winter Olympics when everybody like slides off the There's ice. There's three left. <laughs> There's three left. You're, you're going to be podium. Um, okay. So in Monaco, speaking of Monaco, that's the only race where we've had uh, racers, the, the people had lapped twice for the, the podium and some of the, the field actually lapped you twice. So we do have races where the, the back of the field gets, they, they don't have the, the endings like plus so many seconds. Yeah. Right? And yeah. they're just like, ah, plus one lap, plus one lap. They don't even tell you the time. Monaco, yeah. there were several with plus two laps. Interesting. Monaco yeah. is crazy this year. I mean, it's always yeah. a crazy you know, I don't, I don't know. It's always crazy, but when the rain came, yeah, that's very interesting though. Cause I feel like in previous years, we often had at least one driver, um, you know, yeah. looking at you. And then, <laughs> Ocon, in Bahrain, he, he has set this actually, this record twice this year. In Bahrain, he set it with driving penalties. This doesn't count like uh, park for me or, or like other penalties you might get for changing out your, your power unit or something like that. So yeah. driving penalties. Ocon said it first in Bahrain with three in one race. And then he said it in Austria with five driving penalties in one race. So the most driving penalties ever in race, he said it twice now in this year, three and then five. Yeah. In 13 or 12 races, really, we've had. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, so he's not over. And another interesting one I thought, it's called viewers, drivers, not classified. And what not classified means is basically NC, meaning it's kind of the equivalent of almost a do not finish. It means that you've completed 90% of the race. Okay. So um, it doesn't mean you completely Cross the finish line, but you completed 90% of the race. Okay. Um, Miami counts and Barcelona counts. And so we've had that happen twice this year. And there's been only one other year 
um, that that's happened twice, and that was in 2016, and it happened in the Chinese and the Japanese Grand Prix, and then it happened in 2021. I messed up when we were talking earlier. Three times: French, Belgian, and Turkish. And um, um, but it, in 2016 there were two starters. 2021 there was 20 starters. So we're on target to tie 2021 um, if we can hit, get one more like that. And let's see if we can beat it this year because we're halfway through the year and we have two uh, of those. Um, some interesting stats though before we move on. The DNF. There's yeah. um, only Red Bull is the only team that has not, not had a DNF, has not had a DNF this year. All other nine teams have had at least one DNF. Alpine has had seven DNFs. They've had the worst. Um, Esteban with four, that's 33% of his races. He has DNF. Oh, uh, Gasly's had three, that's 25%. Williams has had five, three with Sargent, two with Albon. Haas has had four, three with Magnussen, one with Nico. Ferrari has had three. Yeah. Two with yeah. Stroll, one with Sainz. Alpha Tari, uh, two. With Nick, uh, Stroll, uh, two, so Aston Martin, two. McLaren, two with Piastri. Mercedes, two with Russell. And Alfa Romeo, one with Joe. Wow. Um, the most penalties, I talked about Ocon. But interesting for penalty this year, 11 drivers have had at least one race with at least one driving penalty. Two teams, no driving penalties. Red Bull and Alfa Romeo. Wow. No driving penalties. I so, think that's so crazy, though, that Rebel has zero driving penalties. I, I, mean, I agree. I agree. So correct. All the other drivers have at least one, with Nico and Logan having two races with driving penalties. Signs has had three. So he is the driver with the most races with a driving penalty. Wow. Um, yeah. So I thought that was just some interesting stats. We will do this. We'll recap at the end of the year, all similar ones. I'm going to start tracking this just to see yeah. how that goes. Those, those kind of help me play into who we, with these next couple of things that come up. Yes. I, I, I needed this to help me answer these next couple of questions. So who needs, who we think needs the summer break? I think we both agreed. Esteban. Esteban needs the summer break. I mean, when you have 33% of your races, you, you couldn't even finish. Yeah. And then you have a bazillion penalties on top of that. I, I had said he literally has become a meme with the number of penalties that he has had. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can see one of the ones where it's the, the Simpsons and he's, they labeled him on the ground and everybody's piling on him. And it's like, you know, penalty for being ahead of the box, penalty for speeding in the pit lane. And all the kids are like, stop, he's already dead. Like that has been Esteban's year this year. And he is in desperate need of a, of a summer break. So oh, I hope it's interesting. With all of that, he is still 10th in the driver's standing. Yeah. After not do, not getting points in 33% of his races for DNF, he is still 10th in the driver's standing with 35 points. I, I mean, think that, that comes and, down to the podium in Monaco. I think is what that comes down to, you know, that, yeah. that's a nice chunk of points right there for a third yeah. place. Yeah. He ended up having um, uh, 15 points from the one race, four points from several races and two points from two races. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I, yeah. It's, the he, podium he could definitely jump you up, but I, I hope he's enjoying himself. I, I think he, really he, needs, he needs to meditate. He, he needs some, he needs some, 
yeah, he needs to get out of his head a little bit. Yeah. Yes. A hundred percent. And maybe with the changes that are happening, I mean, I don't know that any of this has anything to do with, you know, the team principal or the sporting director, because they have had some, you know, bad luck, which we'll talk about in a second. But, you know, I think that, yeah, I, I don't know if it's on the other people, but he just needs, I hope he's having a good two weeks, three weeks. Yeah. <laughs> so that really does to that bad luck. Who are the teams? Well, Alpine. I mean, here we go. I mean, yeah. we both agreed on this one. And, and, and again, you have seven DNFs between your two drivers. <laughs> seven. Yes. So the worst luck teams. Yeah. Like you said, we Alpine a hundred percent. And the fact that they've, you know, been involved in stuff that wasn't really their, their fault chain reactions are happening and they're crashing in, end up crashing into each other or crashing out. Like, I just think they have the absolute worst luck. And haven't we had some some issues early on with, like, engine stuff? Like, their well, engines got fire and uh, On top of the seven DNFs, we're still that, that, that figure about the NCs. The, 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 so it's complete at least 90% of mm-hmm. the, the, the race. Yeah. They have not completed the race. That's an incomplete NC four times, the most of any team. So, oh that, so that's the, you know, that, I mean, that's just, yeah. Yeah. So that because you can DNF and, and if you've completed at least 90%, so of those seven DNFs, four of them happened before they completed 90% of the race. So they didn't get a placement. Right. So they, they DNF so early on, like in Australia. Yeah. And so they, they DNF so early on in four of their races. They didn't even get a placement in the race because they DNF so early. Oh, my goodness gracious. That is ridiculous. I also had Haas on there. I just feel like Haas is one of those unlucky teams. You know, I mean, they've had some issues with the cars. They've had, I don't know, like even just coming out of the pit lanes. Like they're just constantly yeah. like unlucky and i was gonna say haas until i re- started rewatching part of this t- thing today and i'm like i don't know if it's that if it's management if it's the, it, it's just their own what they're doing wrong but then i i kind of looked at williams a little bit too I, I was kind of on the fence i just wanted to pull them as just another one to call out because i think they've had some luck issues because Sergeant, I think, has been performing and trying to perform, but he has been hit with some mechanical things, and he has been hit with a few things that I feel like he's just always been there, and then something's kind of taken him out. And and even Albon has been pretty close, or so another car has hit him and taken him out, and they've just had a couple of luck things because yeah. they've been slowly eking in there, and then that something just seems to not go their way. So. Yeah. That's why I wanted to throw Williams in there is because they're they seem to be the little team that that could they're 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 I don't know I just I, I think luck is every once in a while knocking knocking them down. I I a hundred percent agree with you on that. In this last race, they could not understand why they did as poorly as they did. And James Valls said that um, I think it was on he was saying it was on both cars, but in the pits something like the brake, not disc, but um, he said some teams call them like cake pans or I don't know. There's a part in there and supposedly they got broken. And so that was causing their tires to degrade faster than what they expected. So, I mean, 
it sounded a little like what, but if that's true, that also goes into the, you know, just being unlucky. Your team should have done better there, but something weird happens to a part in a pit stop that, you know, causes the rest of the race to go to, you know, yeah, yeah, Yeah. they'll get there. They are trying. I like that. They never quit. Then we go to the flying of the radar, which it leads me into Williams. I, and there's some stats I'm going to show later that kind of supports why I kind of am saying this, but Williams at the same time, we haven't, they're, they're eking up. I mean, they, they actually have 11 points and, and, you know, they've been talking about in the last couple of years, if they could just get points, if they can get some points, if yes. they're not in last place. Nope. Williams is not in last place people. I mean, that's where they've been playing. If you look, they're kind of eking up into the middle. I mean, they're, they're not in last place. They've yeah. actually been getting a few scores. And I think if Sergeant and he's a rookie, but if Sargent had not had a couple of these, you know, series of, you know, unfortunate events hitting, he might actually have gotten a couple of points out of it as well. And I, it, yeah. I just think they're one that we're just not seeing enough light into and just a couple more things go their way. And we might be seeing a, a, a little more out of it. Cause that, that Williams car is a little better than we're giving it again earlier. You put Max in that Williams car. Williams would be doing better. Yeah. You put Alonzo in the Williams car. You put even Lando in the Williams car. You put a little a little more seasoned in there. And maybe they need to look at give it a little more money behind that car to get just a little more oomph into it. I, I think they're they're going in the right direction from the yeah. last couple of years. I think they're finally getting becoming more competitive. Yeah, I think that they absolutely are going in the right direction. I think Alex Albon is a really good driver. I mean, Red Bull wanted him back and he said no, because he really believes in what Williams is doing and what James is doing. And again, like you just said, if they get a little bit more money behind them, if FIA or F1 listens to what James is saying, give these smaller teams a bigger cost cap because they are one of the teams that has to send out, you know, carbon for cutting and, you know, that kind of stuff. Like maybe if they had a little bit more money, they would be doing well. And I fully agree with you about Logan. There's been times where he probably should have been up into Q2, Q3, but he had, you know, a track time deleted. It's, it's rookie things. It's unlucky things that's happening with the car. I think I had a slightly different take on like teams flying under the radar and For me, I said Alfa Romeo because I just feel like there's not a lot of talk about them. They're just kind of a team we often, I often forget about and they're not doing horrible and they're not doing great. And they've had some races where like Botas has been up there, like Joe, when he, you know, qualified in whatever place it was, fourth or fifth. And, but then had an issue with his car as soon as, as the lights went out. Um, So I took it more kind of that way is like, they're just kind of there. Nobody's really talking about them. They're not doing great. They're not doing horrible. They're just kind of existing at this point. And yeah, there's, there's no scrutiny on that team at all. So yeah, hopefully they'll start. I think that's good. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Best driver so far. I mean, it's it, it hands down it's Max. I mean, he, he's he's seasoned, and it was interesting again going back and looking at this the the Netflix series and seeing when he was up and coming in twenty eighteen, 
and 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 learning and whatnot it was i have to say that it was a kind of a good pivotal moment for me going and looking at that because um i noted that that's kind of when i i realized now why i started to not like him and a lot of it had to do with uh you know well we know how, how okon is but they shouldn't have, like shoving him and calling him you know, I'm not going to say it because I don't want to have Marcus explicit language on another one, another yeah. thing. But, oh, he didn't apologize to me. He was laughing at me when we were waiting. And, you know, then he says in a press conference, I'll headbutt someone if I get more questions about this. You know, I'm like, oh, my God. <laughs> excuse me. And then the FIA did not give him any grief. And we've seen another driver get, like, grief because of something they said in, in a, a presser. And I'm like, this is this is a bit a little ridiculous and i get because he's got a lot of 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 talent and i get that i totally get that he has talent i just the i have a hard time with what i feel is sometimes preferential treatment you know or that kind of thing but yes he is a very talented hands down phenomenal driver in a phenomenal car Yes. This isn't NASCAR where everyone drives the same cars. You yeah. cannot make driver to driver comparison when you're not in the same car. So yeah. I gotta say, so I added for you add your two sets, I added little Mr. Uh, Lando here because I think he is showing some hellacious driving. Now that his car has had some upgrades. It's really showing. But if I go back and I see what he was doing in some of the previous races before the car was up there, he was making some strikes. He was showing some yeah. um up there and some talent and some skill. And he's quietly eking up there. And I think he is somebody along with Piastri. I just didn't put him in as being a rookie as another driver we, we need to keep some eyes on. Yeah. Oh, for sure. And I think Lando can be a, an underrated driver, you know, like, and he is good. I mean, he's, he, what has he had now? Eight podiums. I mean, with his podium this, um, recently, like, I think he's up to eight or nine. He, he's, he's a very good driver. And I think finally they're giving him a car, um, that he can drive. I definitely had Max as my best driver so far this year. I, you cannot discount the way he has controlled that car, the records that he's breaking, um, you know, yes, it's it's a whole thing. It's the cards, the strategy, it's the driver, and Red Bull is clicking on all levels with Max. Um, so definitely my best driver so far. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah. And it's obvious he's obviously the best driver. Um, you know, and and you know, I it's one of those things is we're gonna always see us with any sport, you're gonna see you're you're gonna see records be broken. And as, as athletes get better and when you have a sport where technology is part of the sport and it's not pure, just physical endurance, you're going to continue to see records get broken. So we keep comparing him like Schumacher and Lewis and all this kind of stuff. He's going to eventually break a lot of these records, but then someone else is going to come along and break his too, because yep. as the technologies get better and as you know, it, it's just, it's like Moore's law and computers that every 18 months technology kind of doubles in its capabilities. 
it, it's just yep. going to continue to get better. I know I paraphrased that wrong for my techie geeks out there. But <laughs> just kind of trying to set a point here that we are each decade, I think over the next couple of decades, we're going to see records continue to get broken. And so Max is great. He is our best driver that we have during this current era or this current decade right now, I should say era, but in the coming years and decades, we are seeing others come up 10 years from now. It'll be different 20 years yep. from now. It'll be different. So enjoy the max right now. It's not going to, the, the records won't stand. They just yeah. won't. And they'll, they'll be, they'll be broken quicker than Schumacher's were broken. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My, my, and my it could thought. be, it could be Oscar that does it. <laughs> so <laughs> it could be, it could be. Right. Okay. The driver struggling the most so far. Oy. Oh, so I have Logan for all of the things that you said before. He's just had a lot of unlucky um, situations. The photo, if you're watching um, on the YouTube is from, I think it was the last race and he had to retire right towards the end. Um, had to retire the car. He just has had some unlucky instances. And, you know, I, I think he, he keeps a positive mindset, even though there's been quite a few. I did also add Checo to this because with the car that, you know, the RB19, he's been struggling. I mean, how many times, be, how many times did he miss Q3? Um, there were several races, four or five, I don't even remember, six, like a lot. So he's been struggling with that car. He's had a lot more mechanical issues with his car than Max has. Like there's been a lot. And yes, granted, he's won two races. Um, Max has won 10, he's won two. And he, he's been able to get his car up into the points, but he he's just been struggling overall. So I had, those were my two. Yeah. And, and I agree with you on Checo and, and Logan, I didn't put up there because he's a rookie and I kind of expected it. And just so your note on, on Logan, he, his, his a DNF twice. So one of them, he considered 18th. So his finishes have been highest is 11th, a 13th, um, then a 16th, a 17th, two 18th and two 20s. Yeah. So yeah, he's he's had some some rough stuff, but um, and if you look at uh, Checo, which I think is an interesting one because I did include Checo in mine, um, simply because it's right where you you've had to stay on things too. I, I agree, and um, I might have scrolled up. I think I missed a couple of Landos. I'll have to go back to that. But Checo, like I said, he's one two. He's been on on. The podium several times but he's got a 16th finish yeah he finished 16th in one of them you know so he missed points out on one and then he's got a several spots where he got single digit points you know like a nine point and an eight point because he finished you know six yeah so that that's kind of weird for him but i put carlos up there and i know that was kind of shocking for you because he's, he's your it guy was um very shocking but the main reason why i did is he's got the most races with penalties three mm -hmm. he's um this is just from what i can count his third team since 2018 because he was on renault and then yeah. he went to mclaren and i think he went from mclaren to ferrari right yeah. yeah and then you know he's got charles all over him and you hear the strategists and the team really seeming to put charles ahead of him mm -hmm. and whatnot and now i'm starting to think now that i'm kind of re-watching this series 
has Char- has Carlos found a team that believes in him and that clicks with him and really prioritizes him? Yeah, right? I don't think so. And, and recognizes his genius and recognizes his strength. And that's why I put him up there as, as a struggle because three races with penal- driving penalties, driving penalties, right, for a seasoned driver. And fighting with your strategist so often year over year and he's been with ferrari for a bit now but you know he doesn't seem to be their priority and he's not leclerc is definitely their priority he's got the longest contract ever for a driver at ferrari that is their number one person and and probably because of that they they have to prioritize him and and it doesn't look good this is um carlos's third season with Ferrari and his first season he beat Charles in, in the points in the in the championships so you know last season Charles did better but there were many races where Carlos was doing better so you know Carlos is in there fighting for it but they're they will always prioritize Charles they just yeah. will so I just feel like he just I don't think he's found his home not yet yeah, and, and and I feel like that it's it's really evident this year, and that's why I put him down is that he's struggling. It's not that he's not performing. I just think that he doesn't have the team support. Yeah, he has a, a, a an engineer that seems to fight with him every race, and yeah. he seems to have to be a loner on his own. And I mean, like one of those penalties wasn't his fault; it was his his engineer, right? And but then he suffers for it. So yeah. at least yeah. at least one of them, if not more. So yeah, that, that's why I threw him up there. I was shocked when I did that analysis and saw that he had three. Yeah, that's three a lot. Seconds. Especially for him. Yeah. That's for him. <laughs> yeah. Now you understand. Now you understand. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> All right, most improved team. We're over an hour. Sorry, folks. I know. We got to just get. I thought this was going to be a short light. <laughs> There's so much to talk about, though. This is really cool. It's really cool reflection. Yes. It's the yes. summer. Most improved team. Who can, who, who can argue this? McLaren. Yeah. Holy cow. McLaren. So at the beginning of the season, based on their testing, we all thought they were going to finish the constructors ninth, in like ninth or tenth place. And all of a sudden, you know, they told us that the. The upgrades were going to start coming in, I don't remember, Bahrain or, no, Baku. It was Baku. And they've been bringing the upgrades nearly every race. And, oh, my goodness, starting yeah. in Silverstone, did that show up? Absolutely. And if you would have asked me this question week two or three, I'd be like, oh, I'm in the summer, I'm going to say Aston Martin because it's amazing. And, and then yeah. they twerk themselves down and, like, but they claim to get better, but definitely McLaren. This no, they, been, they, they kind of literally, just literally went up and then, yeah, so I'm excited to see what happens. And they for them. literally went from being called, you know, having an orange tractor on, on the grid. I mean, Danny Ricardo in Australia driving an orange tractor because he was with McLaren and drove the internet crazy um, to being on the podium in Silverstone is hands down most improved team. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. Best one-off livery. You all know I love a one-off livery, and it absolutely goes to the Williams car that they ran in Silverstone um, for their 800th um, Grand Prix. It's just beautiful. (laughs) 
It's so cool what they've done. They've got some really good creatives. I, I love that they kept the, the, I love what they do with the drill soul battery, I have to tell you, but oh. everything else about it is, is really cool. They're, they're, they're brilliant. They're quite brilliant. They, they really are. The 800 is prominent on there. The back half with the, you know, Union Jack is spot on. I wish they would run this livery the rest of the year, except when they do the golf livery, which is coming up. Because <laughs> like, I can't wait to see the golf livery. I'm still waiting for the the uh, merch to come out for that one. I'm not missing out this time. Not. <laughs> I'm just not. Uh, let's see. What's next? A feel-good finish so far this year. I had a tie. Mine was a tie. Alex Albon finishing P7 and driver of the day in Canada. I was emotional. Loved to see it. I love Alex Albon. I love Williams. And for them to come, come out and for him to drive that race the way that he did and then get drive of the day, like amazing amazing and then also tied was um oscar being p2 in the sprint in belgium so excited for him a rookie on the podium again that car like making such a comeback incredible absolutely feel good finishes for me yeah and i agree the oscar getting that that was amazing i i love that one so i i couldn't, couldn't disagree on that one I have to tell you, just Lando getting P2 in Hungary, that's when, you know, McLaren's just shooting up there, and he was just so calm and cool about it, and, you know, just, you know, so humble and appreciative of the team, and just showing that class of where this this kid is going, and uh, that's where I was like, I got to start noticing this team, I've got to start noticing this car, because he, he's, he's he shows that he's going to be a class act, you know. Yeah, so yeah. That, that's why I had to throw him in there. Look at the orange, man. Look at the orange showing up from a different team. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Um, most exciting race so far. So I had Australia um, just because, I mean, the drama that happened in Australia it was like such a long race. All the stuff that was happening um, at the end with the, with the crashes and you had people <laughs> completely out of order as far as points go. Um, <clears throat> I said the hot, hot mess race, um, Austria, all the track limit violations. And then the, what was it? Four or five hours after the race reclassification of everybody, like uh, just a hot mess, but I had to throw that one in there, but most exciting, I think has, I don't yeah. know the last couple races though. Well, not the last race was kind of boring. Some of the last races, just when you take them as a whole, like for the weekend, the qualifying, all of that stuff, have been really good. Yeah, I think the qualifying has been exciting. I think that I think the the drama around the trophy being taken away from Fernando and then given back to him for his hundredth, you know, yeah. the kind of the oddness of where the rules have been interesting. Um, but I want to before we get into the Beyond Grid, before we go, I want to show this last little thing I did about the race excitement and and whatnot. I did a quick just rundown of how each number of drivers have placed for each constructor this season so far. So what we're looking at is each constructor and how many places um, that they've had in, for each place. So Red Bull, they've had 12 first place finishes for the 12 races, right? Yeah. yeah. And that's how you read it. So what they find is interesting, what you and I are talking about for Mercedes, except for their two 
that were actual DNFs that they come in as an NC because they did not complete at least 90% of the race. Nothing above, nothing below P8. And you were saying, they still even right now talking about, oh, we should be performing better, blah, blah, blah. Uh, Hello. Yeah. You're second in the constructors by quite a bit now, I think, over Aston Martin. And it is interesting to see, like, even at the beginning of the season when they were doing horrible, um, they they still haven't finished lower than eighth. So it's, yeah. it's kind of kind of crazy. You guys are, I mean, I, I know they want to be number one. They want to be where Red Bull is, right, with 12 first place finishes. That's where they want to be. But they're not doing horrible, especially when you look at some of the other teams. And Ferrari, we've got some out of the points because – penalties that you know were applied after the fact so yeah and then you picture three ncs so three that are dnfs or just didn't complete the 90 percent. so that's mm-hmm. the, this last column or we've had 20 racers that did not finish or well there's more dnfs but these are the ones that did not complete at least 90 percent. so they did not get a placement in the grid for the finishing yeah so two 20th 4, 19th, 10, 18th, 12, 17th. And then or that's when we start that we've at least 17th or more. Right. Wow. Um, I think it's interesting. I thought it was interesting to see Williams. Like we talked about earlier, they have at least 11 points. You can see where they got those, um, you know, an Alfa Romero, but Aston Martin, you know, have a couple out, but Haas has got a few up there in the points. So it's, I thought it was just interesting to look at it this way and I'll keep watching this and then use it at the end of the year just to see where, the teams, how they scored their points, because you can yeah. kind of see how they scored their points. Yep. I love or that. That's, so. I think it's kind of interesting to see it that way. Well, yeah. let's do Beyond the Grid real quick. So um, actually this morning, <clears throat> excuse me, um, Susie Wolf posted their summer break so far. And <clears throat> the very last picture was Toto with his arm, left arm all in a cast. And I guess he must have broke it doing some downhill biking. So I don't know if he's trying to be the next Valtteri Botas or if that's something that that he does regularly, but didn't look like it turned out real well on that. Not, not so much. Um, Yuki announced that he has his own uh, launch of his own clothing brand. It's available in Japan now, but by the end of the year, it will be available for shipping globally. So I'm super excited because I will totally buy um, one of those. It's got like his number, the 22, kind of a little bit sort of maybe abstracty, and the leaf. So if you see his helmet, it's got like these leaves on it. And so it's got the leaf on it as well. So be on the lookout for that. And then Max, which I think we might have talked about this a little bit, just what his future plans are for racing. Like he doesn't plan to be an F1 forever and ever. Um, but he is starting a racing team for gt3 so that's grand touring it's a grand touring racing car they do you know different races under the fia and they're thinking that it will start around 2025 so supposedly he has said it's past the planning stage they're like in an action stage so i don't know if that's they're building the car or they're building the team um you know trying to finish figure out what uh what to do there but I mean, Max is already starting to make moves on his future. So there you go. <laughs> well, I might be on the grid as I entered to try to win F1 manager 23, and I, I didn't win. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a game, but I didn't win. 
I'm sorry about that. <laughs> that sucks. Yes, tweeted about it. I entered to win, but I didn't win. <laughs> well, that just stinks. That stinks. Um, so next week we will we were gonna do the Williams deep dive this week, but we decided like let's do some of these fun things. Um, so we'll do that next week, and then we're gonna talk about a little bit about silly season. There has there's been a whole bunch of rumors about all these pre-contracts and so we're going to just talk about all of them. Um, probably most of them are not accurate, but there was one I saw yesterday that I think for sure could be um, very accurate. It's not the first time I've seen the rumor. So we will start talking about silly season and what it might look like on the grid in years to come. So, Well, this has not been our longest, so it wasn't so bad. Our <laughs> Thank you all. I think it was worth it. Lots of fun stuff. Lots of neat reminiscing for halfway through. So thank you all. Thank you, Diane. Yeah, thank you. I feel like I'm much more learned now. So I'm excited for the second half. I love it. Thank you all for coming along from the ride. We'll see you next week. Bye. Bye. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please subscribe and leave a rating and a review. To stay up to date with She Loves the Grid and get all the behind the scenes content, you can follow us on Instagram at She Loves the Grid and on Facebook at facebook.com slash She Loves the Grid. Thank you for joining us for the ride this week. Mm -hmm.